Welcome, and this is 52 Women, the official podcast of the Montgomery County Chapter of the National Organization for Women. Hello again. We are starting off, we're going to follow up with a few things we talked about last week. Um, last time we recorded was the day of the March for Our Lives, so we're we're about a week away from that on Thursday night, and the New York Times published an article, uh, excuse me, the Washington Post published an article that talks about how um, the Parkland kids have an agenda, and the agenda is, I think it's five points. Five points. <clears throat> yeah, five points. So basically, the, the Washington Post article outlines the agenda, but the quote-unquote controversial part about the Washington Post article is that they're saying each point of the kid's agenda is compatible with the Second Amendment. So look, guys, we can have both. We can have the Second Amendment and common sense gun reform. Mm -hmm. They're not even asking for that much. They're asking for basic changes. The, my, the first one's my favorite. Yeah. Fun gun violence research. Yeah. Where right now the CDC is not, has no funding to conduct re- gun violence research. So they can do research in, you know, environmental health factors or tobacco or all of these things, but they cannot do any research studies on gun violence. So any studies you see on gun violence are not the government, which is technically seen as neutral. So it can be disputed more if it's done by, quote unquote, the industry. So that's, you know, that's number one, which, hey, that sounds great to me. Yeah. Um, That's not taking guns away. No. That's (laughs) doing research on the problem. Yeah. So if anyone has a problem with that, then... Well... I was listening to, I think it was NPR today, talking about how the tobacco industry used to be like this like 30 years ago. Like they didn't want any research done on how tobacco affects people's health. Yeah, well, those were people inside the tobacco industry. Yeah, it's like, like, I'm sure the gun industry has a problem with this, but like anyone outside of it. But it was a similar where the tobacco yeah, companies yeah. were lobbying, so we're in kind of the same situation now where like we know this is detrimental to people's health. Yeah. Like we... we People are literally dying, um, but the lobbyists are like, no, 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 please don't. Um, number two is strengthen the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives. Um, so I don't... So it. this is from the article. The March organizers call for the elimination of restrictions on the ATF, such as statutory requirements that federal gun databases be non-searchable. Oh. So gun rights groups have opposed the creation of a fully searchable federal gun database out of fear that it could lead to the creation of a national gun registry. Again, these are probably the same people who are like, let's do the Muslim registry. <laughs> let's work on that. Yeah. But again, nobody's taking any guns away. We're, t- we're, t- we're almost halfway through. Mm. No one's taking any guns away. Um, okay. So number three. Universal background checks. Um, You know, and the article talks about the Supreme Court upheld the bulk of federal background checks in 1997. And my understanding is most gun owners are okay with background checks. Like, the vast majority of 
Americans, including gun-owning Americans, are okay with this. Yeah. <clears throat> so again, we are more than halfway through not taking anybody's guns away. Number four, a high-capacity magazine ban. Um, students call for a ban on gun magazines capable of holding more than 10 rounds of ammunition. This was... Apologies if you hear my dog running around in the background. <laughs> this was a key provision of the 1994 assault weapons ban that a number of researchers credit with reducing the toll of mass shooting deaths during the 10 years it was in force. So four in, nobody's taking any guns away. Yeah. Taking away your ability to shoot hundreds Masses of bullets. Masses of people, yeah. Yeah, in a few, which... There are never that many deer in one area. Like, do not tell me you're using this for hunting, because unless you're on the grounds of NIST, where I'm pretty sure they don't allow you to shoot the deer, mm-hmm. there, there are never this many deer in one yeah. area. Well, this says, uh, a March 2018 poll found that 63% of Americans, including 50% of gun owners, supported a ban on high-capacity magazines. So, again, something even gun owners are okay with. And in November, a Supreme, the Supreme Court declined to hear a challenge to a high-capacity magazine ban in Maryland, giving state legislatures wide authority to pass such laws, according to a Supreme Court expert. So, yay, Maryland. Mm-hmm. Um, but foreign, nobody's taking any guns. Number five, a ban on assault weapons. The student call, Students call for an assault weapons ban as well as either a national registry or buyback program to deal with the large number of such guns already in circulation. The Supreme Court declined to hear a challenge to Maryland's assault weapons ban last November. Um, Maryland's two for two on this list. Two for two. (laughs) Uh, Reason 476, I will be staying in this state. So, yeah, I mean, most of these seem really common sense and seem to be... I mean, I think an assault weapons ban also seems common sense, but yeah. I think that's the one many people disagree with. But... It's like, you don't need it unless you intend to kill people in warfare. <laughs> right. Like, right. And the, the people who are saying, well, the Second Amendment was meant to protect against the government, like, like... No. An assault weapon is not going to help you. No. Also, <laughs> the Second Amendment... Gives people the right to bear arms if you're in a well-regulated militia. And back when it was written, like, people were shooting freaking musket balls. Like, not assault weapons. Not with high-capacity magazines. None of this that exists today. And I I watched one of those, like, 60-second Now This documentaries. um, But they, at the March for Our Lives, they interviewed a bunch of hunters. So apparently a lot of hunters groups came out for the March for Their Lives, no, March for Our Lives, in support of the march. And the people they interviewed, and one of the, guy, one of the guys had a Maryland cap on with the Maryland flag. They were basically saying, like, we don't, I, you know, I don't need this to do what I do. Like, I'm a sportsman. Like, I deer hunt, I pheasant hunt, I whatever. I don't need this so do not use well for hunting in this narrative and they did like a rapid fire like test um basically asking like do you support universal background checks do you support banning magazines all this and they were all like yes yes so yeah i blame the nra yeah well also in the during the live stream of the march for our lives they had a video of um 
I'm not sure if any of them were current, but either current or past or a combination of both service members. And they were all talking about how assault weapons are what they use in Iraq or Afghanistan and they don't want them on the streets. <laughs> and they don't have any place being on the streets because the only reason you would have one is to kill many people. Mm -hmm. So these people supposedly support the troops and they're not listening to what the troops say when it comes to assault weapons. <clears throat> well, no. But, you know, just another... The, not all progressive ideas are crazy. <laughs> These seem very common sense. You know, I know. I don't even know if they are progressive, like, or if they're just, just like sense. common sense. Yeah. yeah. Well, the the anti-liberal media is like, oh, these stupid progressives. Like, yeah, whatever. I just, I don't want to get killed by an assault weapon. Um. And then last week we were also talking about Trump releasing. <clears throat> a new um, transgender ban from the military. And I think we joked that uh, Mike Pence must have written it. Uh, apparently, we weren't joking. <laughs> no. According to Think Progress, here's the headline. Pence secretly drafted Trump's latest transgender military ban, which, if you follow Mike Pence, doesn't seem like such a secret. Right. <laughs> um, uh, but this... The first paragraph of the article says um, that Jim Mattis, the defense secretary, recommended to Trump in February that they continue to allow trans people to serve in the military. And then it says, quote, it turns out that Vice President Pence and some of the country's most prominent anti-LGBTQ activists had a role in reversing the outcome, which explains why the report explaining the decision is rife with anti-trans junk science. So we all know who in that administration likes junk science. Chalk it up to my. <laughs> <clears throat> um, and then another thing having to do with the ban. So there were there were some states that were suing, or or some entities that were suing the past ban. So there are you know several judges. It's on their docket, and looks like the Department of Justice has gone back and said, hey, can you, like, rescind these cases now that we've made it better and blah, blah, blah. And a lot of these, ju these judges, the article in the New York Times specifically speaks about um, U.S. District Judge Marsha uh, Petchman in Seattle is, like, having no, none of it. She was one of the, one of the four that um, temporarily blocked the presidential order last year. She's having none of it. So it looks like... When it goes to court, it's going to go on the original, and we'll see how that kind of trickles down. Um, yeah, she's just like, nope. Notice that it is a woman judge. Yeah. Um, and before we get to Maryland, because we have a few things to talk about in Maryland, and, and two of them are good. One not so good. Two are good. Um, but... Something happened in Indiana that I think we need to just keep our eye on um, as women and also members of now. So the headline is, Indiana governor signs law obligating doctors to report abortion complications to the government. Um, so for those playing the home game, red flags should be raised. Because that's the whole, like the whole penchant of Roe v. Wade kind of almost has nothing to do with abortion. It has to do with privacy. 
Like, a woman has the right to privately decide her own medical treatment between her and her doctor. Um, and this law is saying, like, if there's complications from an abortion, the doctor has to go into a database and enter these complications. And this is the information that's required. Um, the date of the procedure, the age and race of the patient, the county and state of the patient's residence, the type of abortion obtained by the patient, as well as the name of the facility where the pr procedure was received. It also requires information about how many times the patient has terminated a pregnancy and what their educational level and marital status is. Um, so just to kind of... <laughs> so I don't know if everyone knows what HIPAA is, health insurance, I think patient and... Portability Act. It's basically, it came out in the 90s and it basically dictates your right to privacy when it comes to health insurance, medical care. It's like this huge, huge thing that I worked on um, when I was in high school because I really knew how to have fun back then. But <laughs> within HIPAA, there are pieces of information called protected health information or PHI. And you're, you can't really report these pieces of PHI um, because then you're in violation of HIPAA. So this law that the Indiana governor signs is essentially saying, forget about all that. Please report all this PHI to us. So aside from the fact that the next step is like a literal abortion registry, um, I'm curious to see if this is, if someone's going to sue and have this go to the courts or if maybe there's jurisdiction because HIPAA's federal and this is state. I don't know. I don't know, but I feel like it is an abortion registry or I mean, it's definitely sounds like it's leading there. Yeah. With the wrong people on the Supreme Court, which is what we have right now. Uh, if you open it up to collecting this information, what's to say they can't open up further to collecting like what's the name of the patient? Yeah. Uh, or does she live? What are her initials? Yeah. Because you can get the initials, the date of birth, and the facility, and then it's really fucking easy to piece that together. Yeah. Like, I just or don't even trust initials in county. Like, yeah, I don't trust this mm -mm. at all. Um, Any teenager with Google skills could figure it out. Yeah. Um, so there's a similar law in Idaho. In Idaho. Yeah, I guess it, they both just came in within close proximity to each other. Yeah. Um, well, Idaho already collects certain information, but their bill extends it to include age, race, how many children she has, if any of their children have died, and how many abortions they've had in the past. They're, I mean, they're trying to, again, junk science. And also, if the woman has depression, anxiety, or sleeping disorders. Right. Because frequently, when I can't sleep, I'm like, you know what I have to do tomorrow? I'm getting an abortion. <laughs> They're, they're, again, trying to prove their junk science yeah. that abort, an abortion leads to pregnancy complications or an abortion leads yeah. to depression and anxiety. Like, they're trying to find the data so they can piece together in their own way their versions of junk science. I'm yeah. sure next they're going to they're gonna collect cancer because there are pamphlets out there that say abortion causes breast cancer. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. And then if they find... Or if somebody who has an abortion has later has, like, a miscarriage or something, they're going to blame it on the abortion they had however long ago, 
and use it as an excuse to make it illegal. Yeah. Yeah. That's com- what this is. The complications, like, look at all these complications. It's dangerous. So, yeah. slippery Not to slope. mention, like, when you have surgery, always a complication is you die. Yeah. Like, every yeah. time. Anesthesia. Yeah. <laughs> like. Yep. Have an, any open wound, you get an infection, you could die. That's always a risk. Yeah. But they only care about this one procedure. That's yep. way safer than the vast majority of surgeries. Yeah. And they just want to keep tabs on pretty much everything about a woman who has it. Like, why do you need to know if, uh, what kind of degree they have? Like, the only thing is... I mean, oh. I can tell you why they want to know. Well, yeah. But... <laughs> I know, but that has nothing to do with no. anyone who has an abortion. All... Different kinds of people have abortions for all different kinds of reasons, and it's nobody's freaking business. Maybe you should ask, did you go to a state that doesn't offer comprehensive sex education? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Maybe that's a question. Did you have to travel out of state to get this abortion? (laughs) Was birth control readily available to you? Mm -hmm. Like, let's ask those questions. Do you have anxiety because we make this process so goddamn hard for you? (laughs) Yeah. Are you depressed because the protesters are screaming at you outside? Like, we could play this game too, assholes. Yeah. (laughs) I don't like this one bit. No. Nor do I. Um, And the second trailer for Handmaid's Tale Season 2 came out today. Oh, that was insane. Which made me like it less. Um, Just, if anyone listening to this hasn't seen Handmaid's Tale Season 1... Don't binge watch it. Take it slow. <laughs> Do not attempt to watch all ten episodes in a short span because you're not going to make it out. Just don't. <laughs> I watched the trailer for season two and it was like two minutes long. I was like, oh, I've had enough already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and we watch those like in group therapy sessions. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. So jumping to Maryland, should we do like happy, sad, happy? Sure. Let's do that. (laughs) Let's do happy, sad, happy. So, good news. So, the Maryland Senate this week uh, passed a bill that bans gay conversion therapy in the state of Maryland, which, Mm. yay. Which is not a real thing, and it's been debunked numerous times. Yes, you can't can't change that. Yeah, that's like, hey, I'm going to give you therapy so you turn from black to white. Yeah. That's basically what it is. It's yeah. ridiculous. But yay for Maryland for being now, I think, the 11th state that has banned this. And I, I didn't get a chance to look it up, so I'm going to see if I could Google real quick. Like, I didn't know how prevalent it was in Maryland. That I don't know. <clears throat> but, I mean, very well could be on, like, the eastern shore and yeah. southern Maryland. Um. But a lot of the sponsors and co-sponsors are names, if you live in Montgomery County, that you'll recognize. Yeah. Uh, it's Rich Madaleno, who's running for governor. Hashtag right. not an endorsement again. Just a, just a statement. Yeah. <laughs> um, Senator Cheryl Kagan, Senator Susan Lee, who, if you listen to our racial justice panel uh, episode, she was one of the panelists. Um, Senator Roger Mano. Um Craig Zucker, Senator Craig Zucker, we've mentioned before on the podcast. He's Bob, not in Maryland. Bobby Zirkin. Or, excuse me. Bobby Zirkin. Bobby Zirkin voted for it. 
Oh, he voted for it? Yeah. He's not a sponsor, though. Oh, he's not a sponsor. Who is he voted for? Craig Zucker is a sponsor. Oh. Um, I don't, I can't find anything that says how prevalent it was. It's just like Marilyn may ban it. Um, but yay. I, you know what? Even if it prevents one. That's yeah. still. <clears throat> that's true. That's even if it prevents one. I was just curious. Because yeah. when I saw that, my first thought was, is that, does that happen here? But I'm sure. I mean. Well, it says in, in this article from HRC, the Human Rights Campaign, it says, according to a recent report um, by the Williams Institute at the UCLA School of Law, an estimated 20,000 LGBTQ minors in states without protections will be subjected to conversion therapy by a licensed healthcare professional oh. if state officials fail to act. Oh. So, because those are just minors, 20,000 minors. Yeah. That doesn't include adults who also go through this. Yeah. I mean, and I do live down the street from several mega churches and I mean mega churches so I don't know all right so we hope that the uh Maryland House of Delegates will also pass this and send it over to our man Larry Hogan not for uh not an endorsement hashtag not an endorsement definitely not an endorsement (laughs) um never will be no um they send it once if the house passes it'll go to Larry Hogan to sign. I wonder I I literally didn't know this was happening until I saw somebody whether it was Susan Lee or Cheryl Kagan post on Facebook the board. So yeah. I have no idea what his I, I don't know where is. this was when Emwa was around like deciding where to what to vote on. Like you would think this would be something Emwa would care about. I guess it's not specific to women, but obviously they fall in that. Right, but that's the but I think that's the thing with MLOT has to be specific to women. Gotcha. I think that was one of the women and and um, I don't know if it's women and children, but I think it had to be specific to women. Well, they're going by the five letter acronym LGBTQ, and four of those can easily apply to women. So that's true. <laughs> Um, well, we're glad that it passed because this yeah. is one of our core issues, LGBTQIA plus rights, so. Yeah, and I mean, it's torture. Like, it's, like, yeah. like it's torture. So, we need, it just, it's just not, it's not okay. It's how you're born. There's yeah. There's no therapy that <clears throat> can so, or should change that. Yeah, so call or email your delegates. Encourage them to. Vote for this as well, and send it on to Larry Hogan to sign. Yes. I'm going to start calling Larry again. I'm sure his male staffer will be so happy to hear me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, all right, so on to the not, not happy piece of news. Okay, so there was a sexual assault at the Harris Teeter parking lot in Rockville slash Potomac, uh, in the Park Potomac area right off Montrose. Um and, you know, the suspect inappropriately touched a woman outside of the grocery store. So the Montgomery County police... And followed her around the store, she said. Oh, dear. She also told police that the suspect had followed her around the store as she was shopping. That's Oh, yes, I guess he followed her out and groped her out on the way out. Yeah. Um, so... Stand-up individual. 
so the Montgomery County Police have released um, a, com a compilation of the surveillance photos and they're asking people to let them know if anyone recognizes this person um, who's just not, that's not okay. Not okay at all. Can't even go to the grocery store. Also can't even yell at phone scammers apparently without getting sexually harassed. Yeah, tell your story. So, so I had, I took the week off from work because I needed to take a week off from work and I'm driving today and I get a phone call on my cell phone that looks like my phone number. So I don't know if anyone's ever picked up those numbers, but it's usually like, we can lower your credit card interest rates. And I'm getting like six of these phone calls every day and it's enough. So I pick up the phone and it's like a recording, dial nine if you want to talk to an operator. So I hit nine and somebody answers the phone. I'm like, I want to be off this list. Take me off the list. Take my number. Well, ma'am, let me, let me just explain to you what this is about. No, I know what it's about. Thank you. Take me off your list. Take, take, take me off the list. And it's a man. P.S. It's a man. Um, and he, and so he's like, okay, well, while I'm, you know, I have to go through the process of taking your number off, but I want you to, to open your bra and show me the heavens. And I was shocked because I was like, what the fuck did this person just say to me? <laughs> and then I just hung up the phone because I didn't know what else to do. That's not even a good Come on. Like, I didn't know what he was doing. <laughs> and, like, I, like, thought about it later. Like, did he, like, is he on two phone calls? Like, is he, like, I don't, like, some 900 number. I don't know. Like, did he forget to put me on mute? I have no idea. <laughs> but it was gross. Yeah. And I was annoyed. And, yeah. This needs to stop. I can't. I cannot. So... We'll post the link. If you know this creep who followed this woman around and groped her, please, please call the police because I can't. We've had enough of these We've people. We've had enough. <laughs> and if you know how to report phone scammers, let me know. <laughs> I was on the internet, like, researching, like, who can I call? Can I call the FTC? Oh, they already know this is a scam. Probably not. <laughs> What I don't understand what somebody in that situation thinks they're gonna accomplish by saying that. I don't know if he was trying to make me uncomfortable because I was like, I wasn't yelling, but I was just like, no, I don't want to hear anything. What you like very firmly, like, no, I don't want this. You know, this isn't the first time I've had a conversation with a phone scammer. Yeah. Um, and they t they get very. Once you figure out what they're up to, they get very defensive and very irate. So I don't know if it was just like, I'm going to make this woman uncomfortable or I don't know. I have no idea. They're sick, entitled assholes. Yeah. I'm going to go with that one. That sounds good. Yeah. And then our, as promised, another, we think happy Marilyn story is that Marilyn passed automatic voter registration so now in maryland you will actually have to opt out of registering to vote yeah so the bill it was passed in both the house and the senate so it's going to hoagie um and it 
basically, like Jane Rose said, someone has to opt out of being registered to vote. So before, if you would go to the MVA and get your driver's license or renew your driver's license, you would have to opt in to being registered to vote. And now at the MVA, the Maryland Health Benefit Exchange, local departments of social services, and the Mobility Certification Office in the Maryland Transit Administration, you have to opt out. So they now just say you are going to be registered to vote, and then it's up to you to say no. Um, So this is good. It gets more people registered. Yeah. And then... Oh, sorry. No, I was going to say, I think it's a good thing. Like, I don't... I don't understand the logic for not registering everyone. Because when more voters are registered to vote, they tend to vote Democratic. Oh, well, yeah, but it's Maryland, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, I guess that's why it passed both both the House and the Senate. Um, And then in November, there's going to be a constitutional amendment on the ballot, um, that would allow residents to register and vote at their polling places on election day. So, cause, yeah, because yeah, right now, so I I went through voters uh, voter registration training. So right now, you have to register to vote. I believe it's ten ten days before, or or two weeks before, like a, the primary or the election. So you can't show up and just vote, register and vote. I find the dates. I think you can for early voting, though, can't you? It's, it's... Yeah, same-day registration in Maryland is available only during early voting. Because it's two weeks before. Yeah. Because it's two weeks. So our early voting for the primary is... Oh, then it changed, because that's not what they told me. But our early voting for the primary is... Six- or maybe yours is more updated. That was up to 2016. Yeah. So, so what they told us in the training was early voting for the primary is June 14th to June 21st. Your deadline to register to vote is June 5th. So it's, it's not nine days before early voting starts. And then for the general, early voting is October 25th to November 1st. And you have to register to vote by October 16th. So hopefully all of this is invalidated. Yeah. With the constitutional amendment. Well, in the 2016 presidential election, or the general election, I guess, Mm. they did allow same day for early voting only. I don't Mm. know if it changed. Well, this is specific for the county and the uh, governor. These gotcha. are the county and governor's races that they were talking about the dates. I don't know that we're... Gotcha. I mean, we are electing... We are having a congressional primary. Yeah. So, and... um, But that's what they told us gotcha. for this. So maybe for... It may be very different for the president because I remember all those Bernie bros getting upset that they couldn't vote because they didn't read the directions. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, somehow that was Hillary's fault as well. She, and she suffered, too. Like, she had people who couldn't vote as well. Yeah, but because her campaign was more organized to get people to vote, and Bernie's didn't educate people. Well, yes, that's very true. <laughs> All right, not to hash on 2016. <laughs> oh, the only other thing I had, because it's so ridiculous, is that Walmart 
is removing Cosmo from checkout aisles. So like, you know, when you're standing in line and there's magazines, they're removing Cosmopolitan magazine because it's too, I don't know, smutty or whatever, which come on. They run the same blatant sex tips at least three times a year. Are they uh, <laughs> taking Maxim out of those checkout? Maxim hasn't been there in a long time. Oh, clearly I pay attention. Maxim hasn't been there in a long time. Well, any kind of similar magazine. Men's Health, are you telling me they don't have stuff like that? About how to like... So, I, so it's been a while. I, I actively don't go to Walmart. Oh, but, I've never been. Yeah, I actively don't go to Walmart. Um, I just went in general. Because I can afford to go to Target. But... Also, Walmart is shady. Yeah, yes. <laughs> but that's what I mean. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm privileged so I can choose not to go to Walmart. But my... I'm a longtime subscriber of Women's Health, and my husband gets Men's Health. It's not the same oh, as I Cosmo. It's... Ma Maxim is a good comparison to Cosmo, but Men's Health and Women's Health, it's more... I was just trying Help. to make it. No, I gotcha. <laughs> um, but I don't think Max Smith there, but yeah, apparently it's the same, same damn sex tips. And I, I don't know why, but apparently other retailers have been pressured to also put Cosmo in like a plastic, um, plastic I don't know bin. that I've ever read Cosmo. It's not... I'm not a big magazine person. It's not as big of a deal as their... It, Cosmo is not comparable to Playboy. That's what that article you sent said. What that they think it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's really... Which, uh, even having never read it, I know it's not. Like, maybe I've read Playboy once in my life. Maybe once or twice. Because all my friends in college were guys and they had them laying around and I was curious. Um, I don't know why I still get Cosmo sent to my apartment. I think it has to do with like active.com sending you magazines when you register for a race, but they're not, I mean, it's Cosmo's vapid, but it's not the same thing. It's, Isn't it also a women's magazine? It is a women's magazine. So like Maximum Playboy, I, well, I'm not going to say this because I don't know. I don't read them. So I'm not going to make an overall generalization. But I feel like those are geared toward men. So there's difference in the way things are portrayed. Yeah, I mean... I don't really... I, I'm a bad person to talk to about this. I'm just trying to... Again, I've been reading Cosmos since I was like 18. I mean, my parents were pretty strict, and it wasn't something that my parents were like, no, you can't say that. They said, okay, Behind the Move is the National Center on Sexual Exploitation, previously known as Morality in the Media, which has long shouted into the void about how Cosmopolitan is pornographic and should not be so easily accessible for teens, attem teens attempting to learn what exactly a blowjob is and can you do it in the shower. These are things that Cosmo does have, however... These are things that also are also available on any Google search and Google has better information. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just, it's, yeah, it's, and they're saying that this National Center of Sexual Exploitation is saying that Walmart removing them from the, from the checkout shelves is a, is part of the Me Too movement. 
Yeah, I saw that. That was pretty no, fucking stupid. It's a, like, these women are all there voluntarily. Like, and they're giving interviews voluntarily. Are there naked women in Cosmo? No! There no. are no naked women in Cosmo. They're literally, like, I'm telling you, they have, they probably have sex tips in every issue. And if you had a year's worth of Cosmo, at, like, quarterly, it's the same shit. It's just reshuffled in a different, like, stories about having sex on hot and steamy nights outside. <laughs> It, and then stories about having sex while camp. Like, it's... And it's not like... It's not like a penthouse letters where it's super graphic. Yeah. Like, they don't even use, like, words of anatomy sometimes. Most of the time. It's usually like, oh, he did this to me. Like, talking about it like a prudish 18-year-old girl would talk about it. No offense to anyone who considers themselves prudish. Like, just... <laughs> I didn't say the word penis until I was 21. There's no judgment here. <laughs> Um, as the majority of my friends will tell you and laugh about it with you. So it's just kind of like, what, this is what you're upset about? Okay. All well, right. I don't trust any organization that was, what did you say? Morality, Morality and, and media. media. Like that just <laughs> big, that's a big Mike Pence red flag right there. Yeah. Apparently Victoria Hearst is behind it. Yeah. I'm like, all right, well, it's the... I mean, maybe I'll keep the Cosmo subscription now. Just, I don't know how I got it, but I have it. Maybe just to continually support them. I don't It's very, it's very sex positive. Isn't it uh, empowering women? Like, that's the thing they have a problem with, is yeah, what probably. I gathered from that article. Probably. It's probably the issue. It's like, uh, like all right, whatever. Uh, but anyway... Um, I, I used to live in London and they don't have those same morality issues that we do. I love the air quotes there. Yeah. Um, and there would be at the checkout counter, just like boobs after boobs (laughs) on the cover of magazines, not even in plastic sleeves. So, you know, America, get over Cosmo. My fr- my my best friend's from Spain, and she you know spends a lot of time there still. And she used to tell me that in Europe, or at least in Spain, with commercials and TV, they're allowed to show whatever they want as long as it's not a part that makes a baby. Oh, in, in <laughs> like on network television in the UK, they have a TV license that you have to pay for to watch TV. So I did not pay for it. But when I caught glimpses of TV when I was over at other people's houses or like in restaurants and stuff, you could definitely show a lot more than what you show <laughs> on TV here. They're just generally not as uptight about bodies in Europe as they as people are here. I think we can blame the, the pilgrims for that one. <laughs> oh, so uh, fun stuff. All right. So what do we have going on with chapter events? Yes. We're in a busy month ahead of us, aren't we? Yeah. April 10th, we talked about it last week. We have our Equal Pay Day Unhappy Hour, 6 to 9, at Miller's on Rockwell Pike. We're going to have, I think, a good crowd come out for that. A um, bunch of members slash like-minded individuals, plus some candidates and elected officials. Um, we're hoping we'll make it out. 
that's for Equal Pay Day, obviously, by the name of the event. Um, April 10th is the average Equal Pay Day for women, um, which we talked about last week, so we won't go into it. But if you want to read more, go to our Facebook page, which I'll give you the handle for in a minute. Um, and we've broken down the Equal Pay Days by race and ethnicity um, on there. On April 18th, we have a chapter meeting, 7.30 tonight at the Twinbrook Library. So come out for that if you want to see what we're up to and hear more of the business side of things in the chapter instead of just hanging out at a social event. On April 28th at the Germantown Germantown. Library, we're having a white allies training from 2 to 4. That's on a Saturday. Saturday. (laughs) Um, So... Come out, spend your weekend learning how to be a better ally if you're a white person. Um, Be a better ally to people of color. Yeah, and I don't... I mean, can anyone come to that? Yeah, anyone can come. And it's specifically targeting white people because white people have the most privilege when it comes to race race and ethnicity. Um, But yes, anybody can come, of course, if you want to learn how to be a better ally to people of color. I'm excited. Yeah, hopefully we'll get a good crowd for that. Like we mentioned, last week there's going to be an Eventbrite link going up. Um, Tickets will be free to this event, but we do have to monitor and limit the number of attendees um, so we don't overcrowd the library. So be on the lookout for that. We'll send it out in our feminist calendar emails and also... Um, post it on social media. And I forgot to mention, if you're coming to our April 18th chapter meeting, make sure to bring bras and or menstrual products unused uh, to donate. <laughs> the bras can be gently used. Yes, the, the bras can products. be gently used, the menstrual products, and no. Um, <laughs> we <laughs> collect them uh, to give to an organization called I Support the Girls. Um, started by a local woman out of her home in Silver Spring, and they um, now have grown into an international organization um, that donates, that collects bras and menstrual products for donations, and they give them to homeless women and girls and underprivileged women and girls um, around the country and world. And then May. May 12th. May 12th, we're going to have another panel discussion, this one focusing on violence against women, because May is Sexual Assault Awareness Month. April is Sexual Assault Awareness Month, but room bookings did not work out for the month, so we're pushing it back to May, but we can still focus on preventing sexual assault and harassment all year long. Yeah, should not just be a monthly focus. Just like women's history, black history should not just be a monthly focus. Yes. We should ultimately strive to incorporate this in our daily lives. Yes. So, I spoke to one potential panelist, and I think she's interested in participating. I won't say who it is until she's 100% confirmed, but it'll be a good one. You may have heard her previously on another panel. I was going to ask, have has she been a guest of ours before? She has been a guest actually a couple of I times. I was going to say, wait a second. Um, <laughs> not to mention any names, no promises, but perhaps she will join us for that. I know she's very interested in the subject and hopefully we'll get some additional um, panelists as well. We're still 
settling on a location. We have one booked, but we might change it, so we don't want to publicize it yet. But just keep the date um, in mind. May 12th, the End Violence Against Women panel. And, as I mentioned, you can find information about Equal Pay Day, Unhappy Hour, and all of our other events on our social media pages. Uh, we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MCMDNow. It's MC for Montgomery County, MD for Maryland, now for National Organization for Women. And our website is mcmdnow.org. Yeah, yeah that's those are it. all Twitter, the things we have. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Yes, did I say that? I don't know. If, I don't remember if you said Instagram, but I was doing something for work, so you well, could have Instagram. Anyway, <laughs> come find us: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and on our website. We also send out emails. So if you are not yet on our mailing list, head over to our website and sign up. We send out our feminist calendar emails when we have upcoming events, and we don't just include our events; we include any feminist and related events. I have a <laughs> I have a question yeah. about future topics. So we've mentioned before we have a pack. Yeah. And we hashtag we did not endorse anyone we talked about on this podcast. Yeah. Because we, we can't do that. But when we have our endorsements, is that something we can release on the podcast as well? Yes. Okay. So yes, we'll talk about who we make in endorsements for um, once we've done that. And we'll also be posting it on our website and social media. Hopefully the candidates will also post it on there. So keep a lookout for MC Now endorsed candidates. Again, nobody we've talked about on the podcast is yet endorsed. And doesn't mean that they will be. Just, so, just we know them. So. Actually, there is going to be at our happy hour. Uh, David Blair, who's running for county executive, will be in attendance. And... He will be introducing himself and saying some brief words about why he's running. Again, not an endorsement of David Blair, but he will be in attendance. And if you want to meet someone who's running for county executive, come out for that and you can get to know him. Yeah, they're very nice. Yeah. It's not like intimidating. It's not like scary. They're just normal people. They're very nice. They are. Um, yeah, we've gotten to become friends with a bunch of people. <laughs> Join our chapter if you want to hang out with elected officials. Yeah. <laughs> and they remember you and they recognize and they like wave and come over. It's it's very surreal. Yeah. Um, it is surreal when you get, you're at work and you hear your phone buzzing and you look over and you're like, oh, it's a state delegate. Okay. Yeah. What do they want? Hey, what's up? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. Come hang out. I'll even make the face again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so who's our woman of the week this week? Yeah, so this week's Woman of the Week is Linda Brown. She is the child who, well, she was the child, later became an adult, um, who was at the center of the Brown versus Board of Education Supreme Court decision um, that ruled that separate but equal schools um, weren't actually equal and put... Uh, black children at a disadvantage, so her case was the case that desegregated schools. Um, she recently passed away, so she is our Woman of the Week. I'm excited. I 
I'm excited to learn more about her because again, and I w was saying this at, at Montgomery college when Jeanette and I were there Tuesday, like it's nice that we focus on women's history because so much like it gets the shaft mm -hmm. like in school, like you didn't learn who Linda Brown was in school. You knew Brown versus Board of Education. Like, yeah. that was one of your Supreme Court decisions you had to memorize. But yeah. you didn't know anything about who was Linda Brown. Yes. Um, to be honest, I had no idea it was a girl at the center of the case. She is... Li Brown is listed. It's actually her father, which I'll talk about in a bit, who <clears throat> is the actual plaintiff on the case. Um, but... Brown was alphabetically first, so that's why she it's called Brown versus Board of Education. There were a bunch of plaintiffs, actually. Oh. Um, but she got the privilege of having the alphabetically first last name on the case, so that's why it's known as Brown versus Board. Um, but yeah, I had no idea until I saw all the articles saying she died that it was a girl. Huh. <laughs> yeah. We really need to do a better job of highlighting these things to yeah. children. <laughs> yeah, we do. This week's Woman of the Week is Linda Brown, one of the children at the center of the 1954 Brown v. Board of Education Supreme Court case. Linda died just a couple of weeks ago on March 25th. Linda was born in 1942 in Topeka, Kansas. Topeka was somewhat integrated at the time and as Linda was growing up. She and her family lived in an integrated neighborhood, and there were also integrated middle and high schools in her area. The elementary schools in Topeka, however, were not integrated. Linda and other black students had to walk very long distances to get to the black elementary school from where they lived. Linda said, quote, It was several blocks up through railroad yards and crossing a busy avenue and standing on the corner and waiting for the bus to carry me two miles across town to an all-black school. Being a young child, when I first started the walk, it was very frightening to me. And then when winter time came, it was a very cold walk. I remember tears freezing up on my face because I began to cry because it was so cold. And many times I had to turn around and run back home. In 1950, the NAACP, which Linda's father, Oliver, belonged to, reached out to a group of black parents asking them to try to enroll their children in all-white schools. They were hoping the students would be denied admission so they could file a lawsuit. Ironically, even though Brown v. Board would eventually strike down Plessy v. Ferguson, which ruled that schools could be separate but quote-unquote equal, it was not equal education that Linda's father was really focused on for his child. He was more concerned about the inequality of his daughter having to trek long distances just to get to school, more so than the quality of education she received once in the classroom. Linda was in third grade at the time, and she was not admitted into the white school, so her father joined the lawsuit. The lead attorney on the suit was Marylander Thurgood Marshall, who would, of course, eventually become a Supreme Court justice. Brown v. Board decided in the plaintiff's favor in 1954 when Linda was actually old enough to attend an integrated school. Her mother heard about the decision on the radio, and Linda and her father didn't find out until they had returned home from school and work. In 1979, Linda joined a group of Topeka parents and the ACLU to reopen the Brown v. Board case. 
She, the other parents, and the ACLU believe segregation, though technically illegal, was still happening in Topeka because of housing zoning patterns and them not giving black students the opportunity to attend equal schools as white students. It took until 1993 to reach a decision on that case, but again, the plaintiffs won, and three additional schools were built in Topeka in part because of Linda's efforts. It's cool hearing about children who have done things because I think it's very appropriate for these days. Like, there's so many people screaming at these kids from Parkland saying, you're just kids, sit down, shut up. Like, no. Kids have the ability to make change, and it's really nice that they're using it. And there have been children in history who have done things. And we need to stop saying, you're just kids, sit down and shut up. No. Yeah. No, no. I mean, when you uh, look back at desegregation cases and and photos of the day, there are actually a lot of girls who, mm. like Ruby Bridges, that famous photo of her walking into mm-hmm. the school, um, and, and sorry about my dog, <laughs> um, she had to make an appearance, um, and then the Little Rock students. There were girls in there as well. Like you can, there's a famous photo that I know I've seen a m- million times of a girl. I can't remember her name right now, um, but getting yelled at by the mob of white kids behind her, turning to the side. She was a trivia question. Ugh, oh. Daisy Bates. Daisy Bates. Daisy Bates is who is who the trivia question was. Daisy okay. Bates. She was the NAACP member. We have to do trivia again. That was fun. Yes. Because again, we had a room. How many people did we have playing trivia? 20, 30? 30. 30 yes. 30. Yeah, we had. And there were teams, but out of 30 people in a room, only one team got it because we don't spend enough time on this stuff and it's important stuff. That is true. Mm-hmm. So. Pay more attention to women's contributions to history. Yep. Don't just don't just chalk this up to whose daughter we were or whose wife we were. I hate that. <laughs> oh, on that happy note, that's all I got. Okay. <laughs> Alright, we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.